All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Um, happy Monday to you. For those of you that are streaming live with us, it is Monday. This is April 25th, and I hope it was a good weekend for you. I had a bit of downtime myself, enjoyed some nice weather. It's hitting the 80s. feels like summer and it's only April. It's kind of crazy, uh, but it was really, really nice. And I hope it was uh, a really nice weekend for you as well. We're actually bringing back a return guest, one of the few that we've had in the podcast, and I'll introduce Lisa here in just a second. But for those of you that are live streaming with us today, don't be shy. Don't hesitate to jump in and comment, ask questions, join the conversation. And uh, to that end, you're, you're going to be either on Facebook, of course, facebook.com slash Boca podcast or youtube.com slash Boca podcast. So for those of you that are not live streaming, you're listening to the audio version of this after the fact, make sure you go sign up, subscribe, turn on notifications and uh, come join some of these live streams. Sometimes we will do one or two a week. And uh, if you follow us at Boca podcast on Instagram, you can keep up with the upcoming live streams. And then for those of you that, uh, well, and actually, you know what, Look, one quick note here too. Um, for those of you that are listening to the audio version, we are certainly on Apple Podcasts, but we are also on Spotify. And I don't mention this enough, but we actually have video version of the podcast also on Spotify. Spotify. So if you use Spotify for your music listening pleasure, you can also listen to us and watch us on Spotify, Boca Podcast. And um, so make sure you take advantage of that as well. Okay. And then one last quick note before I bring Lisa in. I want to encourage everybody, as, as I always do, to look for opportunities to give, whether it's to your local community or to national, international organizations. There's so much going on in the world, and we're pretty lucky in first world culture to be able to kind of sit back and look at the stuff and talk about it. But I think we should do something about it. I, I made my donation to Charity Water today before we jumped on the show. And uh, I just bring that up for the sake of encouraging you all to look for those similar opportunities as well. It's amazing how just a little bit of money can go a long way. Make sure that you give back. All right, enough of the uh, introduction and monologue. I want to make sure that we give plenty of time to our guest for today. Lisa is here with me. Lisa, I had to thank you so much for coming back to hang out with me. This is gonna be super fun. Oh my God, it's gonna be so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's easy enough to like trick you into bringing me once, but it's nice <laughs> that you're having me on again. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I think makes you a little bit unique, Lisa, uh, amongst a number of things, um, is that you were willing to jump into conversation that maybe for some would be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I love I love conversation with somebody who is willing to challenge and to push back and ultimately help me learn because I know I've learned. I mean, I'm 42 at this point and I'm still learning so much and I'm realizing continuing to realize how little I know. And so I love getting other perspectives. And I think it's really healthy for our photography industry too to hear from different perspectives and different angles on a topic. And we talk a lot about brand and brand position here at the Boca podcast and uh, you suggested that we would actually get into a conversation here, kind of come back and do another podcast episode. We're going to be talking about the significance, not just a value proposition, which we talk about quite a bit here on the podcast, but personality, as you talked about on your first episode, we'll talk about that in, in just a few minutes, but, um, and the, I guess the importance of one versus the other, we're going to have a little mini de pseudo debate today, um, which would be, I think a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll duke it out. Well, friendly. Of course. <laughs> of course. And the most friendly way. And actually, to that point, it's a great segue. So for anybody listening in who missed episode 550, uh, Lisa was with us episode 550 talking about infusing personality into your brand. And so if you missed that episode, of course, we'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. 
And um, actually, to that point, you know, I, I never bring this up, but for those of you that are live streaming, you can see this on screen, bocapodcast.com. If you go to the website there, you can search for any episode, including Lisa's. Um, if you scroll down, of course, just a reminder that we do have these video live streams and you can see the latest episodes that have come up on there at bocapodcast.com. We also have the Boca Bookshelf. If you're looking for a book that you want to read, personal or self-help book or a business book, um, you can go to the Boca Bookshelf and there are gobs of books, not just the four that you see there, but many more. And um, learn more about brand positioning. We're going to be talking about that today. And then also share your thoughts about the show. And if you want to be a guest at some point, of course, you also have the opportunity to do that. So I just wanted to highlight that. We don't really do that enough. But Lisa, thanks for coming back to do this show. And let's just kind of jump right in if you're game. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, cool. So we talked about the significance of personality, infusing personality into a brand. And I think, you know, there's there's a really interesting part of your or segment on your website. I'm going to actually Ooh. jump over to this. Okay. Let me... See if I can click the right button. Here we go. All right. So I'm going to jump right over here to the branding section of your website. For anybody who is not live streaming with us, if you go to Ellette Studio, E-L-L-E-T-T-E studio.com and uh, then go to services and branding and the branding section of Lisa's website. And there's a section here, Lisa, where you said something that was that kind of caught my attention as I was preparing for our conversation today. Yeah. You said your customers want to do business with you, not a robot. And yeah. in some ways, I think that kind of speaks for itself, but I actually want to get your perspective on that statement, if you will. Yeah, sure. And, you know, this is actually something that you mentioned a little bit in the intro too. how this healthy sort of debate is really, really great in this industry. I, I tend to think that in our space, we get into this habit of like when we hear someone of influence say something right about whether it's how to do business how to you know position yourself how to do content pillars that tends to be sort of the idea and that's like the way to do it the right way to do it um and then you get an industry of people who are doing the same exact thing over and over and over again um that's an example of something that feels very sterile, something that feels very unnatural, right? Mm. Another one that I talk about um, specifically for design perspective is, you know, when you have a trend in like logo design, like you tend to see a lot of the same logos. Um, you tend to see people who are buying the same logo template because that's what's trendy. And that there's nothing wrong with that if that is sort of connecting to you at a personal level, right? Or that it's tied to your personality, it's tied to the way that you do your business, and then the whole experience is going to feel seamless for your customers. But if you're kind of just doing these things because it's the right thing to do or that you heard that that's what you're supposed to be doing, but it doesn't connect back to you, then it's just a pretty facade, right? And it's not going to be something that is going to connect with your customer because there's you're not in there and that's kind of what i'm talking about with the whole robot thing where it's like no personality mm. no like soul really or like mm. a real thing that backs that up i really think that, that could be damaging to your business yeah that's interesting i was just having a conversation with my son he he's a jazz saxophone major at the university oh of tennessee at knoxville mm -hmm. and i went to watch a performance of his the other day and He's actually kind of new to the saxophone world. It, it's been challenging for him because he didn't really have great teaching, learning experience prior to going to college. So he gets to college and he's with these other musicians that have been playing since they were, you know, six years old or whatever. And he had he had this kind of massive curve to catch up with. And he knew that going in. 
but he's just done so much work and has improved so much. But one of the things that, and where I'm going with this, one of the things that stood out to me when he got up to do his solo on stage that day, I was listening to other players who technically are further along than him because they have more experience mm-hmm. um, in, in some cases, but he, he got up on stage and had a certain presence and he was able to infuse a certain amount of character and soul and personality like you're talking about into his yeah, playing. Yeah. And it was, it kind of took me off guard. And I'm, I come from a musical family. I have quite a bit of experience uh, as a musician myself. And it was just like, wow, that's really cool. So being able to make that kind of impact where you actually infuse some character into what it is that you're doing versus just being technical for the sake of being technical or like you're saying, doing the thing that you're supposed to do for the sake of doing the thing you're supposed to do. I think there is a lot of opportunity missed. You can you can show up on stage and have a stage presence because you do bring that character and you do infuse some personality into it and it can go a long way in making an impact. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're in the, as photographers, you guys are in the service business, right? And if someone just wanted a really technical photographer, right? Like there's, uh, who knows, we might have robot photographers that come in sometime in the future. But the reason why people want to do business with small businesses, it's the same idea of that's why um, the advice always is to put your photo right as the profile photo on an Instagram bio because people mm. want to see you. People want to do business with a person. So and before money at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. And, and I think it's especially important because there are so many photographers that we, yeah. you know, there are different ways to set ourselves apart. And certainly the actual personality, the individual that, that they get to do business with is, is one of those big differentiators. And so I think we should leverage that. Of course, we're going to get into to that a bit more. I am curious, though, your take on this tendency toward just kind of following the trends and doing what everybody else is doing. Why do you think where do you think that tendency comes from? Like, is it, is it something of just, is it convenience? Um, is it the assumption that everybody else kind of knows better? So I'm just going to follow that. Why do you think people or photographers tend to kind of follow suit? I think, well, it's definitely not just photographers, right? I think it's the sort of creative entrepreneur space. It tends to happen. And a lot of it is, I mean, as people, we are social creatures, right? There's that one experiment that always fascinates me when there's a line forming in the middle of nowhere even if people don't know what the line is for, people start lining up behind them because we want to, you know, fit in. We want to so do true. what's right, right? And so especially if it's someone of influence, someone that you respect is doing something, like that has to work, right? And that has to be right. But we talked a little bit about this in um, our episode about personality too, where it's not just about doing things for the sake of doing it. You have to have strategy behind it, right? And even if it works for that person, it may not work for you if, one, it's not a right fit for you, two, you don't actually have the strategy behind the thing that you can actually see, right? Because there's also that iceberg effect of, like, the tip that you see, what's actually happening underneath. Maybe that's not meshing up. Um, But all in all, I think we just tend to think, like, okay, and it's a game of telephone, too, where it gets a little meta. We're like, oh, you know, I'm a coach coaching other coaches how to be coaches you know that whole game too of okay um you know people kind of learning from each other which is amazing but also kind of regurgitating information sometimes i think without understanding all of the things that kind of go into it yeah intention is is really important intention. it's funny that you talk yeah. about that this the tendency that that people have to follow the line i and i talk about this my, my daughter probably gets annoyed i say my daughter because she's the one that's still living at home my son is at college mm. 
Um, she's a junior in high school and um, we'll, we'll show up to a stoplight and you have like two, two lanes, let's say two uh, turning lanes and people just automatically file into the one while there is literally a lane right next door that has like Mm -hmm. one car in it. But there's just this tendency that we seem to have as humans to just kind of follow suit, to do whatever the person in front of us is doing without even taking a split second. It's not that it's not that it even takes a whole lot of intelligence. It's just like open your eyes, look to the left, look to the right. Oh, look, there's another opportunity and we can go that way. We just yeah. have a tendency to follow suit. But the, the the intention, I think, is super important. And and I think, you know, I, I talk about my daughter being in, in high school. When you go to a, when you are around a group of high schoolers, you, you see some of those. And frankly, this happens with adults, too. But you see those who are different for the sake of being different. And it's really kind of driven by insecurity and a need for attention. There's, mm-hmm. there's that being different, right? And then to your point, there is being different and, and doing so with intention, having a strategy behind it. And I think it's important to make a distinction between those things. You can't just be different for the sake of being different because you may be going a direction that there is no market for, for example, as a yeah. business. Yeah. There's got to be a yeah. reason for that. So I, I'm glad that you stress the importance of strategy and intention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of like if you're a contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian, you're kind of just an a-hole, right? (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Yeah. You can't, you can't do that. Like it it just doesn't make sense and it's not being real. I don't like to say being authentic because that's so overused, but that's kind of what it is too, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. Oh man. I I already love this conversation and we could go so many different (laughs) directions, but I'm going to keep it going because we we do have a lot to talk about. So let's, let's see. Um, actually on that same page, let me jump back to that same page because this was something that also caught my attention. And it's kind of the reason that I, I was excited about doing this episode today with you. And, you know, there, there is, well, and I'll just read the statement here. You said struggling with a visual identity that no longer fills your cup. And of course, this is kind of a way for you to invite potential clients into conversation with you, yep. Um, yep. speaking to a potential pain point, which is that there is some kind of a mismatch in their mind between mm-hmm. what it is that they're presenting and their personal identity. Yeah. as a business owner. And, but this is honestly the thing that I'm struggling with in this conversation, Lisa. And, and okay. again, yeah. why I love having you here for this conversation. We'll get your take on this because I feel like, and, and this is specifically happening in the photography industry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure outside it as well, but there over the years, we, we made this transition 20 years ago when I first started where everybody was kind of like, um, disconnected and impersonal and personality wasn't really a thing. You just, you were a professional and that was it. And you, you had a listing in the yellow pages and you had the certificate and it was just kind of dry and boring. Right. Yeah. And we transitioned from that to beginning to realize the significance of the individual and the personality and putting emphasis on that. The problem is like much like so many things in our culture, we, the, the pendulum swung to the extreme and yeah. now there's this tendency toward making the business about the photographer and not as much about serving the client and developing a certain amount of self-awareness about what the client actually is looking for and what they want. So when I read a statement like that, struggling with a visual identity that no longer fills your cup, the question that I ask is, why does that matter? It's not really about my cup. And and to be Mm -hmm. clear, I'm being a little tongue in cheek here. I realize some of the significance, but it's ultimately not about filling my cup. It's about serving the needs, the desires of that client or potential client to yeah. me, that's what's most important. That's what I should actually be speaking to and what I should be mm-hmm. most concerned about. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I'd love to get your your thoughts behind, I, I know I just said a lot of different things, but behind no, that no, statement yeah. and, and kind of your take on where the industry is at as it relates to that. Yeah, yeah. 
So we could kind of unpack it one at a time and let's start from the end of, you know, why does it matter, right? And for me, it's comes from this experience that I also had um, having become a mom. Uh, so I had my son in 2018 and a lot of this sort of issues that I was coming into with uh, that relates to parenthood, um, motherhood, and even my marriage with my husband, I started to realize that a lot of these things externally that bother me comes from something within, right? And that I actually have to work on myself before I try to work on anything else. Like I'm not going to be able to parent unless I know who I am. And in that same way, I really believe that when a business owner comes into their business confident, knowing who they are, having worked on themselves and knowing, you know, the unique value that they bring into that business and being 100% in that is the way to show up in your business as, you know, the best version of yourself. And some of that part of that means having a design that really fills your cup. And it's kind of like say like, you know, hey, you know, Nathan, like you should start doing your podcast wearing like a really deep V t-shirt instead of your normal v-cut or like start wearing some gaudy jewelry (laughs) a pink t-shirt instead of a black yeah a pink t-shirt right (laughs) and you know there there are certain things i think sometimes whether it be the way we dress or the way that we present ourselves that feel like what you're supposed to do kind of going back to what we were saying earlier and if that doesn't match with you and that is not sort of filling your cup in a way that makes you show up in 100%, then that is definitely not going to help you connect you to the customers that are perfect for you, right? And photographers, we were saying too, it's a very personal business. Like there's that connection between you and the person that you're trying to work with, like the way you direct, the way that you pose people, right? And that whole atmosphere is so important that I think while there are, of course, values to the customer that's very important, that you are also a value to your customer. And I think that that can't be really ignored, especially in an industry like yours where it's very, very personal. Um, where it has to be intentional, though, kind of, I think that's kind of our um, special word for this episode, is that, you know, as a professional, you sometimes forget that certain things that are a point of parity in your industry, um, which means, you know, like that everyone should have and it's a must have, isn't something that your customer knows all the time, right? So you might think like, oh, well, I'm a photographer, so obviously like I'm going to give you great photos. Like that's a given. Like I don't need to talk about that. Depending on who your customer base is, like maybe that is something also that you need to mention. So I think there's a little bit of both happening where it's some people are kind of just swinging way too much on the personality. And then other people also are forgetting that there are certain things that you might think are must haves and no brainers with your service that the customer still needs to be educated on. So I think it's, you know, trying to find that balance between those things and trying to get someone's attention right in the short attention span that we now have. When you talk about being who you are, though, what is that? Mm. I know it's a big question, but what does that mean yeah. to you? Because a lot of people, yeah. kind of like we were talking about being authentic, a lot of people talk mm-hmm. about be who you are. Yeah. And oh, it's such a loaded topic, but yeah. I'm curious, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean by that? For me, it means, you know, not trying to impress someone, not trying to do things for the sake of, you know, this is how a professional should act. This is how, you know, my mentor is like when they're working with their clients this is the way you know that is trendy like you know all of those things I think that get in the way of any social interaction right like if you notice yourself kind of 
using certain words just because you know that that's what how you're supposed to say things like oh you know be authentic right or uh what's another big one that's happening these days like all these buzzwords that are kind of throwing around like oh mindfulness like I know that these words are or you know these ideas get trendy um sometimes maybe they do kind of mean something to you too but if you're not doing it in a way that actually like backs up what you are and who you are as a person then they're kind of empty right and it's that whole like facade thing that I was talking about earlier too kind of all falls in like if I started saying stuff about mindfulness but you know I just have headspace in my phone and haven't opened that app since I downloaded it like that is so like ingenuous and um I don't know there's it's it's like you said it's this like life question and it's this big like um you know I think a mission for all of us like whether it's about our business or for our life but it's about kind of embracing all of the good and the bad things about yourself and loving yourself and showing up because of those things not despite them right i I guess still where i I push back a little bit though is like it it is a it is a big life question it is a big thing to to to, i guess establish who it is that we want to be that's more the way that i like Mm -hmm. to phrase it because i think there's Mm -hmm. again some intention behind that rather than i'm going to look for this person i'm trying to find myself is that one other phrase that gets thrown around quite a bit as though there's this thing that i'm going to find at some point the lights are going to flash and you know the angels are going to sing and and i'm going to know that's me there she is yeah that's I, i don't know where we even got that but I like to be more intentional. So I make Mm -hmm. a decision about the value set that I want to represent that I intend to live consistently. Mm -hmm. And if people want to call that Nathan, then that's great. When I died, somebody says, Hey, Nate, Nate is always these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Job done. But this idea that, that we are this thing that's in a box that we can only be that thing. And if we go outside that thing, then we're not ourselves. I I don't know. I I feel like we've built it up so much and then decided to associate that with our business to the extent that we get our feelings hurt about stuff or make too big of a deal about certain things that, again, are irrelevant to the actual task at hand, which is to serve the client. Right. Yeah. So yeah, again, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm playing, I'm going a little bit to the extreme for the sake of playing devil's advocate, because I understand yeah, yeah. the significance of wanting to run a business that has personal significance. There are certain mm-hmm. things that I want to be in life. And so I've built businesses ultimately that, that have enabled me to, to live out those values. And yeah. that's how I'm able to express myself personally. But the mm-hmm. idea that I make such a big deal about it, that I miss the primary focus, which is to serve this client. That's where I yeah. feel like we're getting in our own way. And where I think things can even get confusing when it comes to being able to effectively capture the attention of a potential client. If, if I go to your site, for example, Lisa, mm-hmm. I mean, it, and, and I, we're going to kind of break this down in more detail here in a second, but I think it's a beautiful example of, I mean, you've got that, that position statement at the top of that page, along with mm-hmm. some color, talk about infusing personality into it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the position statement's there immediately. So they, that potential client knows what they're getting. And, mm-hmm. and then they immediately see that beautiful picture of you, like lots of energy coming through, and then they can get to know you a little bit more in some of the text further down the page. But it's the obsession isn't with yourself. And, and I think maybe that's part of what the, the issue is. Okay. There's a lot of insecurity that drives this need to be seen and to find significance for ourselves as individuals. And then in many cases that trumps the, what I think should be the focus anyway, which is to serve the client. Communicate to that client how you're going to be able to add value to their life. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you may find some value in that process. And that's great. You should design your business that way. But that's the part that comes first. And, and I guess that's why I put so much emphasis on it. What do you think? 
interesting. Okay, so now, I mean, this is this makes the debate less interesting, I guess, because we're on the same team. I think we're, still, <laughs> we're now. I'm like, oh, I think we're on the same team where we are just sort of talking about the same thing from the two different angles, right? Hmm. So I I'm really interested um, in that. So I think what you're talking about a lot too, the dangers of that whole, you know, oh, it's about me, and you know, look at me, please. It's yeah, like you're saying, it's insecurity, and it's kind of like, oh, please don't bring like your self help. Um, you know, tendencies onto the website. Like, I don't need to know about, like, the work that you're doing, right? Because a lot of the sort of personality work that I'm talking about, like, needs to happen behind the scenes. And it needs to be what fuels what goes on to your website, what goes on there to your you messaging. Yeah. And you can't really be working through it in your messaging, right? And I think that's the difference. Of so can I ask you, though, why, yeah, why, yeah, and, and, and I'm, this is rhetorical, but why, no, no, no. why shouldn't we be working on it in front of everyone else? Why shouldn't that be filling up my Facebook feed and Instagram, like constantly talking about my issues that I'm working through? You know, if that's your brand and that's a strategy, again, it goes back to if that's your strategy and you want to connect with people who are also working through it and want to connect with, you know, someone who understands that struggle, right? And I think even within photography, that could totally be a thing. Maybe you are a photographer who works with, you know, people who's gone through trauma or who, and that's like really important to you to like capture someone in their beautiful moments, even after having gone through something horrible. Maybe you like to work with other other entrepreneurs right and doing brand photography for people who have overcome struggles and therefore that's the way that you connect with them there are ways to do these things that even you know could seem like a red flag if it doesn't have the strategy behind it but if you're intentional about it and you are doing it because you know that that's what's going to connect you with your ideal client then anything is kind of fair game. And I think that it could possibly happen. Although, if you're positioning yourself as, you know, a wedding photographer, it's like your best day ever. Like, you know, we're going to figure this out. Like, this is all going to be, you know, don't worry about anything. And yet in your messaging, you're like, oh my goodness, like I just had um, a, a personal crisis. I don't know who I am anymore. Like, that's not going to send the right message, right? So it really depends on, and again, like what you're saying of understanding your brand positioning, how does that relate um, to your personality? And to me, I think it's kind of a prerequisite to know who you are before you know who you're for, right? And that's sort of mm. the transition that needs to happen. So even in the um, my website that you talked um, that you had the example of with that headline there, that positioning can only happen because I knew who I was and what kind of style I have, right? Like branding that looks like you and no one else, that feels very casual. That's kind of like in your face, right? Like, you know, that's someone who won't care and is happy to do a debate because it's like, yeah, like, you know, this is just what I am, who I am, like take it or leave it. I'm sometimes off-putting to some people, but here I am. And that's kind of the way that I present myself because I know that that's who I am and I can't be anything else, right? right? And if instead on there, it's something like, oh, you know, beautiful branding to capture the essence of your being, like, which is, sort of the same thing right it's saying the same thing but <laughs> in a much different way like it doesn't yeah. connect with me like i would never say essence um, <laughs> in, right? like, you can tell by this face like that's not something that i would say um so there are i think there's nuances and there's different ways to do the exact same thing but in a way that only you can do it and i think that's only comes in when you understand who you are and your personality and how that um, reflects out 
Well, and, and Sun Lee is listening in um, from YouTube. She says, I have to say, I think infusing your personality into brand is one and the same as value proposition. It's hard for me to separate the two ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Dawn from Facebook, she's saying, yes, again, I see photographers only looking at it monetarily versus being compassionate about capturing special moment for your client. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are different kind of different takes on this. And I know different yeah, photographers yeah. are doing things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think like you were saying, the theme is, seems to be intention. Let's go back to the intention. And, you know, there's, there's a difference too. I think we should make it clear that there's a difference between authenticity as in Mm -hmm. not being fake and dumping your personal baggage on people constantly. Like nobody wants that. It's exhausting to listen to and to watch. And I I have noticed, I think in, in recent, maybe in the last year or two, anyway, a little bit less of that tendency where people are just kind of throwing up all their personal issues onto social media and we're supposed yeah. to take that in and like, you know, heart it and pat them on the back virtually. But, no, no. um, I, I, we need to make that distinction between authenticity and, and kind of unloading our own baggage. And, and I, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you highlight the importance of continuing to do the, do that work behind the scenes. It's so true you're, you have younger child and, and I'm, I'm talking about a 20 year old and a 17 year old. Um, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of work as well behind the scenes and it's yeah. hard sometimes, but yeah. we got to do it if we want to continue to be better as individuals and business people. And, and, um, we don't necessarily have to put it all out there while we're doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're all so complicated and we have so much things going on in our lives that even if we, you know, keep certain things behind the scenes, we, are still being ourselves, right? I think there is that trend that happened where unless you're exposing your whole self, you are not being authentic. And that's mm. not the case, right? Like you don't need to pose naked to show your whole self. Like you could still be wearing clothes, right? And you could, you know, not talk about your whole life. Like I have a dog that I never talk about in my messaging because that's not really part of my How brand. inauthentic talk- of you, Lisa. I know, right? That she is being <laughs> hidden. Like, oh my goodness. Like now people are like, oh my God, she has a dog. Like this changes everything. Um, but, <laughs> right. but, you know, with our stories, like our kids have come up because that mm. that does sort of bleed into my story in the sense that, you know, they were part of my journey, my growth and, you know, me believing in personality. So that's why they come in. Like if that wasn't part of my brand, then I might not even talk about my kids, right? And those sort of selection and I hate this word because it got so overused too but curating a little bit of your story and knowing which stories matter to your personality that you're bringing into your business to your value propositions right to you know how you want to connect to your customers right the things that you might talk about with your clients those are the parts of yourself that you should be bringing into your business but if you know, you love astronomy, but that's not really something that you would talk about with your clients and want to connect with them on, then don't talk about it. And that's a personal detail that doesn't need to be part of your business, right? And in that same way, you kind of, you know, go down the line of all the things that make you you. And even if you're not spilling everything and all of the, you know, like the crisis that I had yesterday because I don't know, my son like won't, refuses to wear clothes. But if that's not part of your brand, like you don't talk about it. <laughs> that's true. Well, I love the, I love that analogy of like we, us showing up on social media or whatever platform, yeah. not completely naked doesn't make us inauthentic because we're not showing everything. We don't have to show right, everything right. in order to be real. I, I think it's yeah. a brilliant analogy, honestly. Ellen, thanks for, for listening in. She says, I love your podcast. I listen every week. Keep up the good work. I appreciate the kind words. And, and everybody else who's live streaming, please don't hesitate. Jump in, 
comment, ask questions, join this conversation. It's a really good one. And, and Lisa, I actually want to ask you the next question. And mm-hmm. as we're talking about the significance and some type of balance ratio of sorts between personality and value proposition when it comes to presenting and ultimately running a, a powerful brand, yeah. there was a, a figure that I just read, again, in preparation for our conversation today. And, and um, this is coming from a company called Content Square. They did a, a massive survey, actually, of, of data. And it says that 55 seconds is on is the average amount of time that someone spends on a page. Yeah. And so I'm curious when we're talking about trying to communicate the significance of personality, you know, when I, I think about photographers' websites that I've browsed where there's just like paragraphs of information about them and their history and their, the stuff that mm-hmm. they did with their camera and the, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the awards that they won and they, they like to mm-hmm. drink coffee and watch Netflix and if somebody's only going to spend 55 seconds on yeah. a site and in many cases less or on, on a page mm-hmm. in many cases less then do we really have time to be trying to quote unquote communicate personality when we might only have 10 seconds to capture the attention of that person with a value proposition that resonates with them before they either decide to stay on the site or not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and um this is an awesome sort of way to talk about what sun was saying, right? Like, oh, what is the difference? Like, how do you separate the two? And I think that it's less, for me, it's less of a proportion thing and more of a priority thing and the way, and sort of an ingredient thing too. And what I mean by that is you cannot talk about your value proposition unless you know your personality. So it's almost like, you know, you can't do math 1B unless you know math 1A, right? It builds on each other. And I really believe that about personality and value proposition. Unless you know who you are, you won't know who you're for. And to that point of the website, the 55 seconds, I that is really sad. Like our attention span is so short. Um, but there's also another stat where, you know, it takes about eight touch points to convert someone. So I think maybe a way that we can kind of change the perspective on this is know how the website is going to function in your overall marketing strategy, right? And know what kind of messaging you want to do on that homepage and kind of be really strategic about that. Like, okay, you know, are people coming into the website mostly from search, from, you know, where that means this is the first time they're seeing me, or are they mostly coming through from my Instagram feed where they already sort of know me and they want to learn more? And that's really going to change, right, the way that you position that website and what kind of information you want to put on there. And that way, maybe you spend a little bit less time on your stories and instead infuse your um, personality in the way that you talk about your value proposition. Because I really believe in the power of words, too, where a specific word can change the meaning of that whole sentence just by tweaking it. And I think that's one way that you can kind of infuse your personality. Um, I used to say, like, fun a lot in my... um, value props and the way that our process goes like oh it's going to be fun and I've since sort of changed that's like oh like I I'm always playful with something and I think that that's a really subtle but very specific and pointed difference in that and in that same yeah and in that same way you can do that with pretty much every word on your website and kind of see like is this the way that I would say something is this you know even a word that I would use um is this a story that I would tell at a dinner party the first time I meet someone or is this more like a second date story and you can kind of really position all of the details about you all of the um features and um things that you want to punch up as Uh, values to your customer and position them in a priority of okay well this is what they need to know first then this then this etc etc and it's all going to kind of fall into place when you come in with that lens of 
how are these people seeing this website? When are they coming in? What touch point are they? Is this the eighth time that they're going to see me and they're going to be ready to converse? So I'm not going to spend too much time on story because they already mm. know me from Instagram. Or, you know, am I getting a lot of first timers who need to be warmed up a little bit? So we do need to infuse a little bit of story into that first page. Those are, I think, the kinds of things that you need to look at to figure out what goes on the website. You were, you were saying, though, that we have to be clear about our personality before we come up yep. with the value proposition. Yep. But I, I still think about like what we want versus what the market mm -hmm. actually wants. Like I could be a, mm. an obsessive fan of Sesame street and yep. offer, you know, Sesame street wedding photography yep. just because that's my personality doesn't mean that that's yep. a value proposition. That's going to strike a chord with, um, with the marketplace. So mm -hmm. talk to me about a balance there again. Like what, I, I understand the significance of personality and, and it's fun. And if nothing else, it's mm -hmm. fun. It makes our job more fun to, to kind of yeah. build our interests into the brand. Yeah. But yeah. again, it doesn't matter what we like is if the market mm -hmm. doesn't want it. So yeah. what's the balance from your perspective? Yeah. And, you know, the flip side of that, too, is just because the market wants it, you might not be good at it, too. Right. So there's so, there's yeah. that. Bit of, yeah. So you have to kind of figure that out. And I think that's where photographer, uh, the photography industry, as saturated as it is and as, you know, kind of feels impossible sometimes to stand out. The fact that there are so many photographers does mean, though, that there is an opportunity for you to stand out when you're doing something different. Right. And that, you know, even if you think like, oh, you know, I'm like the 120th wedding photographer in my market, like, maybe there is someone who wants a Sesame Street wedding. And if that is something that you're really passionate about and you're kind of <laughs> out there, you will literally be the only person and you will stand out in the saturated market because, you know, none of those 119 photographers do a Sesame Street <laughs> wedding and that's, that's not going to be in their portfolio. Right. Um, but it, it, that is it's such a hard balance, right? Like what you want to do versus what the people want, what people want. But if you can't do it, then, you know, what's the point? So there is definitely a middle ground where you know I think it's the personality is less about maybe the type of work that you do and instead it's more about how you do the work that you do and maybe that's really the disconnect that's happening right now in the industry where people are so focused on their personality being about you know and infusing that into what they do which is their work but it's not really that's not really the case the personality really instead informs how you do your work right because um in a sense like yes we're all taking photos right that's kind of a given but we all take photos in different ways or you know we're all editing photos but we all edit in a different way right and i think that that way that we do something is where our personality can come in like you know, how is our photo call? How do our phone consults go? How does a session go? You know, like, how do I set up this atmosphere? Um, do I set up a photo session like a event? And it's like really fun because that's who I am. And I'm such an extrovert. And I just want things to feel like, you know, this big old like social event. Or am I more a comfort like homebody? Like I want to have photo sessions in your home. It's almost like a cozy dinner party, right? Like those are kinds of things that happen with like what kind of host you are, what kind of leader you are, what kind of, you know, really service provider you are based on who you are as a person. I think that really comes through specifically in your industry. You were talking about the, the ratio, mm -hmm. kind of the ratio of priority, really, that mm -hmm. you, you yeah. put on personality versus mm -hmm. the value proposition. 
Yeah. And I mean, if, if we were to be super simple about it, I, I guess we could say that it, maybe it's 50-50, but what, what is your take on it? Just kind of like gut take on it. Yeah, 50-50. You can't yeah. have a like, it's kind of like a foundation of a house, right? Too, like it's not, they do different things, the foundation versus the structure that's on top. But if you don't have a strong foundation, then even if you put 100% of yourself into the structure, it's going to fall down as soon as there's an earthquake. Um, I think about it in that same way where you kind of have to put a hundred in both, unfortunately, um, where you have that base first and then you build upon it with the value propositions that you have, the brand positioning that you have, you know, the mission statement that you put forth um, in your marketing, et cetera, et cetera. It kind of just builds up on first you knowing who you are. You mentioned to me, though, uh, previous mm -hmm. to our conversation today, that, yep. that you feel like there is that the stage that a business is in, um, mm -hmm. I guess that it might affect the priority that you give to personality versus value proposition. Can you explain what yep. you mean by that? Yeah, I think that, you know, there are different stages in your business, because in the beginning, when you're just starting out, you're kind of figuring everything out. Right. And there has been this like. I think trend of like, oh, you need to have your branding like really, really tight before you even launch your business. And I think that that's so damaging because you could spend days and weeks and months of working on that branding before you think that you're ready to launch, right? And you'll never start your business. I think in that beginning part, you just have to ride on your inertia and your excitement of starting this thing and just go for it. And you'll figure yourself out as you go, right? Um, I think where the really stopping to think about, you know, the body of work that you've had, you know, who you've been showing up as, you know, kind of infusing your personality into your value proposition. That kind of comes a little bit in that middle stage. I think that's around the time when you start figuring out that, like, actually, I'm not a ballroom photographer, which you might have not known when mm. you were just starting out, right? Like, I think that there are certain stages where you have to really go through the motion and figure out where you're going to land. And then there's the stage where you now know who you are and you now know how you want to show up. Now, how do I reflect that into my marketing and my brand positioning so that everyone knows how to find me? Because, you know, you're kind of just still figuring things out. You don't know the lay of the land yet in the beginning and you kind of have to just go out there. So early stages, you're getting out there, you're you're shooting kind of any and everything, getting a feel yeah. for it and then yeah. narrowing down the focus as you go along. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's it, really the way that I look at it. Yeah. Katie on Facebook says, I needed to hear that figuring out your branding can be a mental block. Oh my God. And I know. It, it was, it really can be tough, Katie. I, and I'm curious, Katie, if you don't mind commenting too, let us know how long you've been in business too. Cause I think that that would be an interesting perspective to hear. And I appreciate mm -hmm. your comment. Again, for those of you that are comment or listening, streaming with us right now, don't hesitate to, to chime in. Son, son Lee says, Oh my gosh, thank you, Lisa, for pointing that out. We don't have to have our branding completely figured out right now from the get go. And we can give ourselves time to figure this out. And, um, yeah, so I, I think Lisa's bringing much needed perspective to the uh, conversation today. Oh God. See, we're nice. Comment and talk to us. <laughs> well, everyone knows you're nice, but they're probably like still figuring me out. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that, you know, I mean, and this is not to say like, don't ever try to figure it out. Like then you could find yourself, you know, doing it for 10 years. and like, Oh, I'm still finding myself. Like you don't want to be that guy, right? Living in the basement still because you're still finding yourself. Um, but there are, I think, uh, there is that sort of sense that like we have to have everything, like all our ducks in a row before we can do anything. And I, and I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like I totally get that, right? Like, but Same. don't let 
good enough be the enemy, uh, perfect be the enemy of good enough, right? Like sometimes like you kind of just, you're still amazing at what you do, whether you know what that thing is or not, right? And you just have to kind of do it more, hear people tell you how amazing you are before you kind of know what that spark is. And that's really the first step of figuring out your brand is knowing what that sparkle factor is, right? Like what that special sauce is, what, you know, your differentiator is. And there's no way to know that um, before going in. It's kind of like trying to pick a nickname for yourself, which never works out, right? Like a nickname <laughs> comes from an embarrassing story that you have right. in an interaction with your friends. Like I, I can't just be like, oh, you know what? Call me Lise because that's just cool. Like, no, I'm going to call you like whatever embarrassing thing that happens to you. Like that's of course. the way that it works. Yeah. So I, I'm curious then just to kind of make this practical as we're, as we're mm-hmm. kind of coming to a close here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and I say to make this practical, this has been super practical, but to make it yeah. even more, I guess, a, applicable, actionable here, yeah, what yeah, are yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. a few examples, specific examples that you could share of a way that a photography business, business owner can both communicate personality and a unique value proposition in just mm-hmm. a few seconds on their site. And, and this is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked about 55 seconds. If somebody lands on a, on a site and they have an average of 50, or they're spending an average of 55 seconds on that, that mm-hmm. first page, yeah. I, and I tend to play to the extreme, so I'm, I'm going to assume that they're not going to be there any more than, especially that first section of the site, maybe five yeah. seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We have to capture their attention and communicate mm-hmm. that value proposition within just a few seconds. Do you have some examples you can share of how to do that? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, well, the one thing that we already mentioned, so I won't count it into this, was, you know, look at your analytics, see where people are coming from, see, you know, if you can make some sort of story about the customer journey that people are going through to land on your site. And that'll give you some idea about who these people are, um, where are they in their conversion, like if it takes eight touch points, like, you know, are they on touch point one, two, five, you know, et cetera. And you'll kind of know if your website has to be a communication website where you still have to warm them up or a conversion website where people are going to come in already with intention you just got to give them all the information that they need so that they're ready to click um you know inquiry what have you um i think when you, one, can i ask mm-hmm. you when when you talk yeah. about analytics because this is something that we've been spending more time on um Ooh. in our brand and we'll be spending okay. more time on with our new company we're launching as well yeah. do you for for photographers mm-hmm. well I, actually let me put it this way i i know just from doing a bunch of research lately that solutions outside of Google Analytics. Google Analytics offers a lot of information, but yeah. honestly, it's kind of a pain in the ass to, to, yeah. to figure out and, and yeah. to then look through and make any sense of. It looks like it was designed in 1993 and like, it's just, it's bad, right? So yeah. there are platforms that make analytics, the process of looking at and using analytics easier, but they tend mm-hmm. to be a bit on the expensive side as well mm-hmm. for at least yeah. for a small business owner who's kind of just trying to get started and get things going. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend any particular tools for the sake of analytics? You know, I, I still have to recommend Google Analytics just because as much as like they don't spend any money on it because that's not their money maker and it's so like hard to use, that does give you a really robust solution without investing too much. And I okay. think that, you know, with photographers like Unless you're building, right, this like multi-million or, you know, really big business where analytics are really going to be key, the type of analytics that I'm kind of talking about that you need is really just an idea, right, of where people are coming from. So even if it's just like you looking at your Instagram insights and saying like, oh, you know, I have so many website taps, that means like, you know, a lot of people from my Instagram are going to my website. Or, you know, if you have a Squarespace, I always recommend Squarespace with my clients because they have a pretty decent analytics 
analytics um, platform UI okay. in, built into their website. And you kind of just see like where people are coming from, if it's mostly social or Pinterest or, you know, Google, right? Then you kind of get an idea of what, where they're coming from. Um, I think with some of the more robust tools, you also get like, how you know what page did they land on and you know how many how many seconds did they go on there like really you can't do that much with that information anyways because you're not a web designer so if you are going to hire right some professional web designer to work on your website then that's a whole nother like website strategy thing so i don't think you need to spend that much money on analytics just use what you have and try to make a story out of where people are coming from Okay. That, yeah. So I'm, and as you were talking, I, I was pulling up my, I have a, just a really simple Squarespace site just for oh, my yeah. personal page, nathanholritz.com. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And I just use it as a landing page of sorts that people can go to just to come find me somewhere. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I, and I'm just scrolling through and looking at the analytics and, and, you know, it's funny, I hadn't, I'm not concerned about that site cause it, it doesn't mm-hmm. make me money to your point earlier. And, yeah, yeah. um, so I'm not really paying attention to the analytics and so forth, but I just pulled that up on, on Squarespace and you're right. Ooh. It's a, it's a super user-friendly yeah. set of information that's mm-hmm. really easy to navigate. And, yeah. um, that's, that's really cool. I'm glad that you highlighted that one, yeah. because I haven't really spent time in there. I probably should. Um, I'm spent, I'm focused on analytics for, for our company photographers edit, mm-hmm. but, um, to find a user-friendly solution in that space is really tough. So for anybody listening in, especially if you're just getting started, Squarespace not only is a, an incredible tool for just building a site. I mean, I could probably build a site for a photographer in a couple hours if they had gave me images. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then to have a simple tool like that to be able to actually look at the data is, is important. And um, for anybody who is curious about a more kind of robust solution, um, a company that, that um, we're, gonna be, we're gonna begin using actually is, is called Ooh. Heap, H-E-A-P. Okay. Uh, and I think the, the website is heap.io, but um, it gives you a lot more detailed information. Um, it, it's not crazy expensive, but maybe just a little bit more than, than the average photographer would want to spend. But if somebody wants to kind of take it next level, that's a, that's a good solution. But I'm glad that you lead with that conversation about analytics, because to your earlier point about strategy and intention, no. randomly deciding to do something <laughs> just because we feel like it. Uh, I put in air yeah. quotes is mm-hmm. not a great strategy, right? We have yeah. to, again, that's where I, I, that's why I keep stressing. And by the way, I, I stress this stuff because I've learned the hard way. I I'm a super, mm-hmm. super emotional guy. I just said the other day, I think on a story that I did, I'm like, I, I just yesterday cried listening to a podcast. I'm, you know, crying, oh. watching a rom-com. I, mm-hmm. I cry listening to music. Like I, that's who I am. I'm a super emotional guy, but I've also seen where emotion falls short quite significantly. If you're going to do anything significant, especially I mean, both in our personal lives, but also in the business world. And so yeah. learning to kind of find some balance in that and, and realizing over the last number of years, the significance of data mm-hmm. numbers, whether it's looking at finances or it's looking at traffic to your site and customer yep. behavior, mm-hmm. this, this stuff is super important. It may not seem fun or feel fun, but it, we have to, if we want to take it next level, we have to, not only acknowledge it, but start to dig into it and understand it a little bit better. And so having simpler tools to be able to do that with, I think is great, but it it enables us then to, okay, customers are behaving this way. I need to make some decisions about how I'm going to set up my website because they are tending to do this, 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 and this. And I love the intentionality behind that, which can lead to an actual strategy that we establish. I love that you're starting with that as a baseline. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I come from the marketing background and it's all about analytics, right? And it's all about data. And, you know, data does get this rap of like being so dry and like, you know, all oh, you just care about numbers, right? The whole thing. But numbers are your friend too. Like they won't lie to you, right? They're not going to like make you think that you're doing something right if you're not. Like they are that honest friend who's sometimes a little too brutal, but will <laughs> tell you sure. how it is, right? And you can definitely, and the thing about numbers too, is that sometimes you can make different stories out of those same numbers too so there is that bit where you know it's not it is very helpful and it's a tool but know that it's just a tool and it's not the gospel because there are different ways to interpret that same number too so you know take it for what it is try to figure out what it is test everything is a test and if it doesn't work out like the nice thing is nothing that you do is written in sharpie my mom used to always tell me no one's looking at you sharpie, as much yeah. as you think that you are you know like just because you're wearing this shirt or something like no one's like making yeah. fun of you like some sometimes you figuring it out in the back end is not something that's always going to translate out into to the customer saying like, oh my God, like the website, like that word was different last week and now she's like <laughs> changing it. Oh my goodness, she must not have her like stuff figured out. Like, it's okay, you, you, you could say shit too, that's all right. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I should have asked before. Like this is, this no is worries. like a no problem worries. with me. <laughs> don't, don't, no need to worry. Um, no, but I, I, I'm glad that, first of all, the importance of, of under not putting too much significance on anything, like not taking sure. anything too seriously. I think that's important. Sure. And you're absolutely right that for example, I can have conversations with um, our marketing team about the significance of data, mm -hmm. but there's also a certain amount of, I, I hesitate to say intuition because people, I think, use that maybe the wrong way. It's not oh, about yeah, like yeah. the woo-woo, mm -hmm. like I feel good, so I'm going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. an understanding. Like I've been in the, the photography industry now for 20 years, so I can look at data, but then I also understand photographers' behavior from the endless number of conversations that I've had in various yeah. formats and having done business with them and also being a photographer, I bring a lot of experience to the table as mm -hmm. well. And I can speak from that mm -hmm. experience. So you're right. It's absolutely a combination of things. David yeah. chimed in. Um, David Thomas chimed in from Facebook and he said, it's been great to listen. Thank you. I'm driving and I haven't really, really been able to comment much, but I've got a lot out of it and will definitely be able to improve my business and website of spirit of a cowboy images by the things I have heard here. Thank you. One of my morning mantras is I live with gratitude by intention. I like the fact that you stress doing things with intention. And uh, I appreciate you chiming in, David. That's really cool. Appreciate yeah, you listening. Thank you. Okay, Poor so cowboy. we started with we started with the significance of analytics. I think you were going to mention a couple more kind of tangible ways that photographers can mix that personality and value proposition when they're communicating with potential clients on their site. Yeah, um, you know, I think that whole like story prioritization that we were talking about earlier too. Like, think about all of the stories that you want to share, and then why you want to do that right so if you have these stories and these paragraphs on your website print them out i i'm like an old school like paper and pen kind of person so i i challenge you to print that out and write down on there what the point of that story is and what is that doing right is it a story that is meant to communicate your story so that you know they can relate to you is it so that they can trust you is it so that you know you can communicate your value proposition like know what the intention and the point um and the sort of role of each of those personal details are and then challenge yourself to see is there a better story for this is there you know is it actually spending too much time on this story when you know the job is really teeny tiny so can i cut this can i move this somewhere else because this is not really a first impression kind of story. Um, take all of those 
personality bits, highlight them and challenge yourself in that way. I think that's a really good way to sort of audit what's on your website and what kind of stories you're telling on there. And once you do that, you'll get sort of this um, almost like a like a collection and database of stories. And now you can use that for all your content, right? Like you now are more aware, self-aware of the different stories that you have in your arsenal. And you can say like, actually, this is a re really great story that I can um, flesh out in my social because that's really a place that maybe that works with. Or this story doesn't make sense on my website, but actually I'm going to use this for my email newsletter this month because that really, you know, communicates with that audience and with that um, strategy. Like those are kind of, I think, the things that you can do to look at your personality, like look at your stories and see if you can give it a point and give it a role and give it, you know, make it into a tool instead of just a cutesy little detail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but you, you just led with the, that idea of a story kind of matter of factly, is that, mm -hmm. is that something that it, like the idea of infusing or, or using a story or a series of stories on the site, is that mm -hmm. something that any business owner should be considering? And what's, what's the purpose behind that? Is it, is it making a connection through, I, I guess, the humanity of oneself, like sharing personal experience to connect with somebody? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that a lot of websites that you see have stories, right? Like have paragraphs and paragraphs of details sure. about themselves. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of how I brought that in. But okay. story is such a, you know, it's a big word that encompasses anything. A story could be one sentence even, right? If you are communicating something and you are, you know, kind of, setting a scene and it's not just a sentence that has features in it, then that's a story. And I think that, you know, people um, tend to over, like overcomplicate that word too of like, oh, if, if I have to do storytelling on my website, that means every website has to have like a three paragraph, you know, like three stage arc thing in, you know, to tell why I became a photographer like that's not necessarily <laughs> the case no. I I do believe even something like you know people want to biz do business with you not a robot that's a story right there's a beginning a middle and an end to that like there is an intention behind it there's a strategy behind it and that could be as simple as you know a one sentence value proposition of one sentence mission statement a one sentence 30 second elevator pitch that you put on there that's still a story if it has to do with you and it has to do with your main character who is your client and how to kind of connect with them yeah i think i think a story mm -hmm. for example when i think about doing creating marketing content for mm -hmm. my company one yeah. of the ways that I'll do that is to relate to a personal experience. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll say, hey, you know what? I had this per personal experience. And I and because of that experience, I know how it feels to be in this position. You know, I, yeah. As a photographer, I was shooting 30, 40 weddings a year. Oof. And I was super busy with the editing. And it kept me from being able to spend as much time with my kids as, as I wanted to. Yeah. And so I started Photographer's Edit. And mm -hmm. we're here to help handle your editing so you can spend more time with the important people in your life. So you that right there is what that took me 10 seconds to say. I told mm -hmm. a story, but it, yeah. it, I wasn't by telling a story about myself. I wasn't like saying, Hey, look at me, listen to my story, yeah. you know, fulfill yeah. my need yeah. to, to yeah. have a pat in the back. It was just, Hey, yeah. this is my experience. And so I know what it mm -hmm. feels like to be you. And so mm -hmm. I want to help you. Yeah. And here's yeah. how I can help you. So I'm yeah. telling a story to make it personal. I'm speaking mm -hmm. to a pain point that I, that I can relate with this potential client on. And yeah. then I, I say, here's a solution. 
And so I'm, I'm ultimately making it about them. I, I talk about mm-hmm. it so that I myself, so I can relate to them, but I'm ultimately making mm-hmm. it about how I can serve them. And to me, that's almost like the perfect example of, of this balance that we're talking about. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That there's personality there and that I shared some of myself, yeah. but it, that wasn't the focus at the end of the day. It was, Hey, this is how I can help you because of that experience. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. And that's because you had strategy behind it, right? And the personality comes through in the words that you chose, in the story that you chose to, you know, communicate that to a person. Like, because maybe some, maybe for another person's personality, right? Like, they're more, like, perfectionist, and therefore they're like, I was spending so much time editing because, like, I had to get every shot right, and I was obsessing over it. But, you know, that's why I started Photographer's Edit, so that I you know, don't have to do that anymore, right? Like that same-ish story can go in different directions based on that person's personality. And that's why they're all, That's why I think story is such a powerful way to make a differentiator because the same story could be told so many different ways and to fit you and it becomes your story even if it's, you know, the same story that everyone else is telling. Like, I mean, every movie, right, is the same story when you think about it, but it's just done in a different way and that's kind of the same way that personality works in your marketing in your brand stories and your brand positioning and that's why you belong in this space and you have a spot on the table because no one else is like you with that mix of story and personality and value proposition like you're the only one that can do that well lisa it i'm, I'm glad that we got to come back and have this conversation today because it's uh Yay. and you know to be fair it's one of those that we could go on for like three or four hours probably oh and God, really forever, dig forever. into it in even more detail uh but I think this is I think this is good food for thought for everybody, including myself, by the way. And um, there's opportunity for more conversation. I know that you and I discussed the possibility of having a photographer on and doing kind of a brand consultation with them. So yeah, for those of you yeah. that are, are listening now and those who will be listening to the audio version after this, make sure that you follow us at Boca Podcast. And um, we'll be putting some information out about that here in the near future and inviting a photographer on. And, and that'll be a really fun little exercise and, and ultimately kind of allowing photographers to listen in and to watch, to see these principles that you and I have discussed, Lisa, play out in real time and in real life, too. I think it's going to be yeah. really powerful. Yeah, come hang out with us. It'll be a good time. And in the meantime, too, I just want to invite um, everybody listening in to go to, well, first of all, you go to elletstudio.com. So I've got this up on, on the screen for anybody who's live streaming. Um, E-L-L-E-T-T-E studio.com. Yes, Lisa's kind of doing the, um, what is it, the Vanna White, like the underlying <laughs> yes, her, her yes. domain there. And hitting my mic in the process. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also follow uh, Lisa on Elette Studio on Instagram. I've popped that up there on screen as well. And then Lisa, just briefly, if you don't mind, let our listeners know how they can, I mean, I guess this is, I've just given it to them, but how can they get in touch with you for branding related services? Just, just kind of give them a brief overview, if you will. Yeah, if you want to chat me up, I'm usually on Instagram. Send me a DM and, you know, I'm not scary. I hope I didn't scare you off from this. And you could, yeah, we'll just talk about it and figure it out and see what might be a good solution for you. Perfect. So, yep, right there for anybody who's live streaming, LL Studio. We'll link to this, of course, in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Lisa, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today, for hanging out. Love the conversation. We'll talk with everybody soon.